You're listening to the Just Means Less ACC podcast with your hosts, Micah and Nick. Nick, how are we doing this Sunday afternoon? The 49ers are the only team that are keeping me afloat in my mental capacity. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's that's how I'm kind of doing right now. Uh, I I shouldn't let sports – sports are stupid, Micah. Can Can you and I agree on that, that, like, why do we let these silly games dictate our mental health? I just uh, – This guy cheers for a three and two ACC football team and is acting like the sky is falling. Uh, yeah, it might be three. Hey, and not, hey, so. hey, Nick, hey, Nick, what does three wins look like? I've never. I, what's what's a win? I've never heard of her before. Mm, you mean three wins against two of them against winless teams and one of them against an FCS team? That's Trust actually why like, I did not. I did not put two and two together. That NC State has <laughs> – that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So, it's it, it, it's like – Wow. Nick, I'm changing my power rankings, so don't – don't if you haven't tweeted mine yet, I'm changing I know. them. I usually, I usually tweet our power <laughs> rankings um, the Monday after, um, but I saw yours, and I was like, oh, my God, you have NC State way too high right now. So, I would change those if I were you. I didn't want to was- say anything. I was giving you credit for for what was a somewhat competitive game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So competitive because both teams. We'll get to it in a minute, but no, yeah. I, I feel that Nick. Uh, I, I really do feel the whole sports being brutal thing. So, I mean, today was honestly the best day the Baltimore Ravens could have had because not only did the Ravens beat a divisional team by twenty five points. But every other team in the division, a.k.a. the Bengals and the Steelers, also lost by 24-plus points. So it was kind of like this, like, okay, cool, we'll take that. So that was kind of uh, interesting. So, but, yeah, no, it was uh, – it's been a – it was a weekend for sure. But, no, that's uh, it's about right. Hey. You're going to get a new manager for baseball? That's exciting, I think. Yeah, I was going to bring that up, too. I, I am excited about that. So, um, if we don't sign somebody big in the offseason, if the Giants don't have an offseason, I want our GM fired, too, because we failed on Bryce Harper, Aaron Judge, and Carlos Correa. So, okay, hear me out. I know this is a hot take, a flaming hot take. I don't know if I'm a big-time MLB free agent if I want to play in San Francisco right now. And I don't even mean, like, because of the Giants, dude. That (laughs) – there's a reason why the Oakland Athletics is leaving, and half of it is because of what the city of Oakland is. Not even so much, like, the ballpark. Like, San Francisco is the worst city in America now, Nick. I'm sorry to tell you that, but – Nick, did you know that there is a Uber – or Uber, not Uber, excuse me, a rental car company that is open in San Francisco that rents out junk cars so that way your car is less likely to get broken into if oh, you yeah. have a rental car. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're renting cars that have 297,000 miles and might break down if you go more than 20 miles an hour. But that is still somewhat a better idea than renting a normal car at Enterprise. 
No, yeah, the last time last time we were out there, my brother and I, we were going to meet our aunt and uncle for dinner up in the city. And we Ubered. We did not we were not taking my grandfather's car up to the city. Why? Because it's going to get broken into. People leave their windows and their yeah. trunks open. Yeah. Like I can't so that people don't break into them. I can't do a college football two for one there unless I get my get in my like book it to where I land the night before, go straight to the hotel, put myself immediately into the hotel, and then potentially rent a car so I can do exactly what you say, which is just leave the windows down. Well, like, if you're doing the two for one and at Stanford and Cal, so Palo Alto is like 45 minutes south of the city. It's Google. It's no, you're right. You're right. But again, like I can't afford the $300 hotels in Palo Alto. So I'm going to have to stay outside of there or outside of Berkeley. Yeah. I see. see, I, I will say this. Oakland has been bad and worse than San Francisco. It's just that Oakland gets overshadowed by San Francisco because it is san francisco like oakland oakland is just like the east bay you know like it's a big city but there's nothing really much to do in oakland california and the city well i will say this at least the city of san francisco actually cares about their sports like that's why the warriors moved from oakland to san francisco oakland is just poor like san francisco has money oakland is just poor it doesn't give a shit so that's why the A's have been in that stupid stadium for the last 60 years and the Warriors went out and the Raiders went out. Yeah, it's it's bad. But if you're it, San Francisco still has like it's gleaming parts if you have money, but it's yeah, yeah but, listen, but I'm from but, there. I still have but, family there Nick, that live. Nick, let me let me Santa ask Tale. let me it's let me let me ask you a question. $110 million in San Francisco or $110 million in Philadelphia. million in Minnesota or $110 million in San Francisco. I know you're missing out on these guys, but can you blame them? (laughs) I sure as hell rather. The the Harper deal, the Harper deal, we were short by like $20 million. So he was going to go anyway. Well, yeah. But I'm just saying though, like, why would you? And like, obviously, the Korea thing was because of the like, what it was the medical thing or whatever. The ankle like, thing. Yeah. yeah, but like, but my point is, is like, these guys are still gonna probably not even if you matched them dollar for dollar. Like, yeah, no, they know that the the every team in California knows that they have to deal with taxes, knows that they have to deal with how poorly run the whole state is like it's not just the giants it's the dodgers the angels the a's the padres it's the nfl teams it's the nba teams they all know that they have to pay more uh over the baseline than uh other teams around the country like Like the dream nick is to be like bobby witt jr making hundreds of millions of dollars to live in kansas city missouri the dream. No, dude. The, the dream. The, the the dream is to like play for the Rays or the Marlins because there's no state income tax, which is the big part of the reason why a lot of these players don't sign with California teams. Do you know the state income tax in California, Micah? I know it's a lot. It's thirteen percent. Yeah, as someone that lives in a, a state income tax free state, 
and has done so multiple times in his life. It does yeah. come in handy. But it adds yeah. up, too, over time, if you think about it. Again, that's enough life, baseball, financial talk. Um, but at least I have playoff baseball to look forward to, so I'll go with that. Um, but anyways, um, Nick, let's just let's – just, here, here's how we're going to start the show, Nick. We're going to go – I'm going to get the negative stuff off my chest real quick. Okay. We're the worst Power 5 conference again. Yeah, I feel like we were. I let you talk me off of the ledge, Nick, and I'm mad at you for it. You think I jinxed it? No, I think that I should have just stood my ground. I don't think you jinxed anything. I mean, the Big 12 kind of reared its ugly head this weekend. I mean, UCF kind of sucks. Um, TCU is not very good. I mean, I know West Virginia is better than what we thought, but like I would argue that West Virginia and Louisville are the same program right now. Teams that are benefiting kind of from their schedule more than their actual, you know, oh, I want think they're a top 25 team. But, uh, dude, I mean, every single game this weekend in the ACC was dog shit. Yeah. Well, take it back. Take it back. I lie. I lie. Minus Duke and Notre Dame, every AC game this weekend was dog shit. Yeah. Yeah. I shouldn't. I shouldn't factor it. Duke Notre Dame was a phenomenal game. We'll probably save that one for the last game. Because what we saw both Friday night and most of Saturday was incompetence. Was Bad football. Well, like, I'm going to get the negatives out of the way first because I have some compliments for some ACC teams. How the hell does NC State lose that football game, Nick? You were there. Yeah. It sounded loud on TV. Was it loud there? It was loud, yeah. How do you lose that football game? And, Nick, before we blame Brennan Armstrong, because, again, I agree, especially that one pick in the red zone, really, really bad. That last interception, though, I don't think that's on him. If you're getting your shit, like if you have one second to throw the football and you're trying to make a play because you have to make a play because there's no time left but to make a play, I don't really blame the kid. Nick, here, here, here's how we'll start. We'll, we'll go Louisville, NC State to start. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm want- gonna say, I'm gonna say something, and I want you to tell me if I, if I'm stupid or not for this. NC State should not play MJ Morris. Because I see all these NC State fans saying he needs to be in there and that he's better than Brennan Armstrong. And you know what? I'm willing to secede that he probably is better than Brennan Armstrong. I think Brennan Armstrong in Virginia had a perfect storm of everything where Virginia had absolutely no defense, so he got a chance to be on the field all the time. And he was required to just play carelessly free football, where now he actually has to be meticulous and it's not working. MJ Morris will get hurt if you put him out there right now. Because I put out that tweet, Nick. I'm sure you saw it. I don't actually saw who won the poll. A lot of the comments were, can I just say all of the above? I think the (laughs) biggest problem is the offensive line. They are terrible. Somehow, Virginia's offensive line, who gave up literally the same amount of sacks BC had all season yesterday, is probably still better than your offensive line. Your offensive line is atrocious. 
I mean, it was like <laughs> Brennan had like you have no ability to run the football right now. Brennan is running for his life half the time. And again, the, the, he's missing open receivers. So like I understand that that is part of the problem. Like he, you might win that football game if MJ Morris is playing in the game because there's a couple of times that I thought Brennan should have made a, a different read and he did it and MJ may have made it. Plus MJ might actually be a little bit better with his feet than Brennan. I don't know if I want to go that far, but he at least still like gives you that opportunity. So it's not like, you know, you just have a sit in the pocket only passer. But I mean, goodness gracious, man. Like I can't believe Louisville's ranked now. Like I understand they're a five and zero power five team. I, I get that. But like, so is Maryland and Maryland's not ranked. I, I definitely think Maryland's better than Louisville right now. I mean, your defense did everything in their power to win that football game. What What's your takeaway on this? My takeaway on all of this is that I'm done with Brennan. I'm, I'm done. I, I tried. I, I gave him every excuse I could. He's got to learn the system, yada, yada, this and that. It, 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 it's not working. It, well, it, he I, knows the system. The system is his system. It's MJ who needs to learn the system. I'm going to say this. I'm going to compare this to like a car. If you have a car and you have all these problems with it, right? The, the, the tires need to be filled. The, the oil needs to be changed. The, you know, traction control, it needs gas, yada, yada. Okay? You have all these problems. You have one thing that you can change, right? And staring at you blank in the face. You can't fix the offensive line right now. can't fix the receivers right now. You can't fix the quarterback. So if Brennan Armstrong... Is those are those tires that are a little deflated, and MJ Morris is the pump. Why wouldn't you fix that right away? So there's that. I think we need to put in MJ. This season will be lost. Okay. I pause. There's pause. So, so pause. This season is lost, Nick. You're not contending for the ACC championship game. I like your analogy, but I, I'm going to add something to it that I think you're forgetting. You have $1,000 to fix your car. Do you want to spend that $1,000 now just so that your car is running a little bit better? Well, then what if the entire system breaks down? What if the engine explodes? Because the rest of the, everything else is falling apart. Now you have $0 to get a new car. I don't like MJ sitting on the bench the whole year. I don't. You want to know why? Because I think he still needs experience under his belt. If we get, If we can put in MJ... And get be I don't know eight and four this season, I would be very very happy with that. He would be experienced. You don't, you don't want him for another year. You want you want to trot him out right now. Burn the red shirt. Burn and it. You ha- and and Nick Nick, I'm telling you right now, this is not Brendan Armstrong is number three on your problems list. I understand he can you can potentially fix. I'm going to read this the stat problem. To you, Micah. I'm going to defend the O line right now. 
The O line has given up less sacks than yes, Brendan has thrown interceptions. You, yeah. What if, Nick, what if Nick, I told Nick, you? Nick, what because if I, Brendan, because Brendan can run. Look at how many times Nick we sat together in Charlottesville. How many times did Brendan Armstrong break a tackle from a sack? He would have been sacked ten times, but he got Great. away. He could do no, it. No, no, no. That's Brendan Armstrong making a play so you don't lose yards. How many times did you and I sit there and go, wow, he got away from that one. Wow, he threw the ball away. Look at that. He broke another one. He got one yard. That happened multiple times in Charlottesville, Nick. What if if I told you that the NCAA average time prior to pressure on dropbacks is 2.74 seconds? What if I also told you that the NC State line gave Brennan Armstrong more than that on almost every single passing play last night? What if I told you that your entire receiving core cannot create separation? What if I told you you have absolutely no run game so everybody can just sell out on the pass? If we have a problem, uh, I get it. The whole offense is a, is a problem. But if we can fix something right MJ now, why Morris is not going to right now? MJ Morris is not going to get – I'm telling you, Nick, if MJ Morris plays in the games that you have had so far this season, you are still 3-2. and two. No, we win. No, I'm sorry. I've seen MJ play. I've seen him play. Yes, you've seen seen him play play with receivers. You've seen him play with better receivers and a better offensive line. You don't have that. We win that game last night if MJ's in. I'm sorry. That game is all on Brennan. It is. He had three turnovers. He threw a horrible interception in the end zone. He fumbled at the 50-yard line. If we score on that touchdown and it's 17-0, we're winning that game. Talk about the drop in the end zone. As soon as he threw that interception, as soon as he threw that interception, I looked at my friend and I said, we're about to lose this game. Like, that was it. Louisville's going to come back. This defense cannot hold it. Talk about all the drops, Nick. Talk about all the drops. Talk about the t- the amount of time. Dude, he's missing receivers, Micah. Like, it's not as bad as it was against Notre Dame. And you ready for? Like, you ready the receivers for, are getting better. Nick, he is Nick, missing. He's Nick, missing receivers. Nick, you're right. Guess them. what? Nick, guess what? You're still three and two. You want to know why? You do not beat UConn with MJ Morris because, like you just said, the receivers dropped everything under the sun. What beat UConn on the first game of the season, Nick? Because you said it on the podcast. I will quote you on it because you know you said it. Brendan Armstrong's legs won that game. I promise MJ you. MJ can run, too. I've seen MJ run as Not well. the same way. He's not a physical lower your shoulder like Brendan Armstrong was against UConn. Are you, okay, so are you going to take a quarterback that can only just run, or are you going to take a quarterback that can run and throw? If the receivers don't get you're – getting, you're, you're missing the point. Dude, the, point Micah, is, the receivers are getting better. The receiver – he's missing the receivers flat out. Like, he has missed – so many receivers. Oh. It's unbelievable. Like, I don't really necessarily blame the receivers in that game. Okay. This was okay, Nick, 100% Nick, Trot MJ Morris out so you can go seven and five. You burn the red shirt. Have fun, Nick. That's stupid. That is stupid on your At part. At least he would have experience, and there's a lot of hope. What experience? He year. has it already. If Dave Dorn needs it. to take him out. Dave Dorn needs to take him out. He has it, experience. David, it's been 11 years, Micah. It's been 11 <laughs> years since we have Jake Dorn. And if he, if he doesn't take out Brennan, then I know what the rest of this career is going to be for Dave Dorn. I already know. Like, I have not been this uptight about Dave Dorn since I went to NC State. In the five years I've been affiliated with this school, I've always trusted Dave Dorn. He's making the right decision. I'm out. Your, your, your I'm, team I'm is 3-2. and two. 
three and two with two losses, the top 25. You, you think that's like an accomplishment. It's not. Virginia doesn't have a win. UConn doesn't have a win. We Nick, beat VMI. Are Nick, you kidding me? Nick. You we have lost to a fake 5-0 and Louisville team. Hey, they're ranked, aren't they? Like, at the end of the day, I agree with you. MJ Morris is an upgrade. But it is stupid. Absolutely Asinine. We're gonna waste to put him out there. Right we're gonna we're, we're gonna waste the seniors. We're gonna waste Peyton Wilson. Oh we're gonna waste Nick, everybody. Nick, you're not wasting them. Your offense sucks, and it's not just Brennan. The end of the day, Nick, whether you want to get this through your head or not, if MJ Morris is playing quarterback right now, your team is ending up in the Duke's Mayo Bowl or the Pinstripe Bowl or the Sun Bowl, just like they are on desk on pace for right now. You're not missing a bowl game. You're not that bad. You act like your team is awful. It's not awful. <laughs> like, <laughs> you've won the games you're supposed to. You've lost the ones you're supposed to. The Louisville one is the biggest toss-up. But if you didn't look at the Vegas spread, Nick, you weren't supposed to win. You win. I'm, I'm Nick, sticking, you with, I'm sticking safe, by my word. I'm you, sticking you by NC, my word. I picked you to win. I should be the one that's upset. NC State fans are delirious right now. Absolutely delirious. They're acting like the MJ Morris is the greatest quarterback of all time. Like like he's freaking Drake May or Riley Leonard or freaking Caleb Williams. He's not. He's good, but he's not a game changer. He's not like the greatest thing to ever walk through NC State. He's not Russell Wilson. Yes, but he's the better option. The Brennan, if if the Brennan experiment worked, if the Brennan experiment worked. Trot him out and lose to Clemson. Trot him out and lose to North Carolina. Trot him out and lose to Duke. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go go seven and five with him. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it at this point. (laughs) Go seven and five with either quarterback, burn a redshirt, have fun. Stupid. It's absolutely stupid. At this point, I don't even think we're going to go bowling. I'm sorry. This offense is atrocious. It's so bad. (laughs) Brennan is not good, dude. He's not good. Okay. I think MJ is better. I've seen MJ play. He is better. He makes plays with his arm, with his legs. Brennan, great. He's got legs. But, dude, he can't find a receiver. He's overthrowing. He's underthrowing. He's throwing interceptions. He is not good. Last year on this podcast, we talked about how MJ Morris needed to improve his accuracy. We talked about it. What makes you think that it's just magically better? And he's not – again, whatever. If you want to have the exact same result and burn a red shirt on a kid, go for it. You do you. I can't convince you otherwise. I think it's stupid, though. I'm not disagreeing with you that MJ Morris might be able to be a better player right now than Brennan Armstrong. Again, Brennan Armstrong's not the number one problem. He's not the number two problem. You know what's the funniest thing? You know what's the funniest thing? Is that we, we would not have Brennan on our team if Devin had finished out the year. If, De- if Devin finishes out the year, MJ is our quarterback to start this season. That's the funny thing about all of this. If the Brennan experiment works, Dave Dorn is deemed a genius. If he lets this continue, it's almost fireable. Like, I I don't feel confident that we're going to win these games. Like, we're going to lose to Duke. We're going to lose to Carolina. We're going to lose to Miami. You'll lose with MJ at quarterback, too. 
I feel because M- no, 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 no. MJ Morris is not better than Tyler Van Dyke. He is not better than Riley Leonard, if, which at this point sounds like he might actually be available by the time you play them. Because thankfully, it doesn't sound like it's a season-ending injury. I don't know if you saw that report or not. You're yeah. not winning that one. He's not better than Drake May. He's not better than Kate Klubnik. I'm sorry. He's not. I'm sorry. At this point, we're not beating Wake. <laughs> you probably aren't going to beat him with MJ Morris. They literally oh, he lost God. to Wake Forest. He literally lost to them last year. No, he didn't. He won. I was at the I game. I'm just giving you shit. I wanted to see if you'd fall for my full long rant. I was hoping you'd fall for it, but you didn't. Oh. But anyways, it doesn't matter. That was a home game. It's a road game. You're not. You know that. You said even end quote. You don't win in Winston Salem. I am telling you, Nick. Don't Nick. I think you're a smart kid. Don't be the asshole fan that blames the quarterback. Look around. Look My around. Gosh. Look. Look around. Look around. You can't run the ball offensively. Like, and and whether you like it or not, your receivers have dropped more balls than they have actually caught in plays they should have made. Correct? Yes. Correct. Yes. They're getting better. Fantastic. I'm glad they're getting better. They're still not great. They're still not creating separation. But Brennan is getting worse. That's the point. He's, getting, he's getting hit getting every worse. time he throws the ball. I just read you a stat that he's having more time than the NCAA average. Oh, my gosh. It's amazing what what that stat, how stat, skewed that stat is. Because, Nick, it's great that he gets 3.1 instead of 2.7 or whatever it was. Oh, man, the extra 0.4 seconds is the difference. Not if nobody's open. Because guess what's happening, Nick? Nobody has to even think about the run with you guys. We, Nick... You're so caught up in how mad you are about Friday that you are forgetting what you and I literally did a week before that where you're sitting there going, we got to stop running the ball. We can't run the ball. We can't. Virginia knew that. Louisville is better than Virginia. Of course they're going to make sure that you can't run the ball. So, of course, they're going to guard every receiver. Dude, they were dropping seven half the time. And, of course, Brennan had 3.4 seconds to throw the ball. But nobody's open. What do you want him to do? And by then, he's getting hit. The only bad, really bad play that I can understand you being pissed about was that interception in the red zone. I can understand that one. I get it. But it's not like MJ Morris hasn't made some dumbass plays before. It's not like any quarterback in college football has made some dumbass plays before. You act like MJ Morris is like, this five-star kid sitting on the bench that's going to change the trajectory of your season. It's not. (laughs) Because at the end of the day, the people blocking for him and the people catching the ball are still going to be there. And that is your top two problems. Brennan. Nick, you're you're going to hate this. You're going to absolutely hate this take. Brennan Armstrong was better than Plummer on Friday night. And you want him benched? Come on, man. Stop it for a second. Your quarterback played better than the quarterback on the other side of the field. No, he did not. Yes. Yes, he did. Plummer did the exact same thing that Brennan did. Oh, and by the way, couldn't hit a single open receiver. Plummer outgained Armstrong by 160 yards. What are you talking about? He had a touchdown. What are you talking about, dude? 
Are you that's serious? Not, that's, that's not all it's Brennan about, Brennan was though. the worst player on that field last night. I'm sorry. He was. He's missing receivers, okay? The receivers are getting a little bit more separation, and he's still missing them. Like, I've seen it. I've seen it twice in person. He is missing them, okay? He's not – he's he's not – we saw – we counted three people wide open, and Brennan's not throwing, throwing them to him. I mean, uh, like, everyone around me, everyone, like, I agree. Like, we have Devin. Devin makes those throws down the field, okay? Brennan cannot make a fi- throw down the sideline. He Nick, can't do Nick, it. He had Nick, one good behind Nick, the back to shoulder pass. Nick, that was it. Nick, Nick, you're trying to tell me that, like, you're, you quoted the yards, and that's fair. But you're not act, you're not you're forgetting that Plummer turned the ball over three times. By the way, had like, his touchdown pass, Nick, you and I could have fucking dropped that ball in there. He was wide open. Because your coverage busted. I am so sick and tired of it. Like, I get it. I'm gonna be a Brennan Armstrong defender, but I have no reason to defend him. But you guys act like that is the problem. And it's not the problem. There are so many more problems but than it's, NC State. My point is that it's the biggest problem. It's not. It is. It's not. It is. It is After not. last night, it is. This game is on Brennan. It is. This whole game is on him. Oh, really? It's on Brennan. You, yeah. you, you, you want to put this whole this whole offensive struggle on Brennan. Everyone else isn't giving up three turnovers and a half. We're winning the turnover battle at halftime. Nick, in a span Nick, of a quarter, he had Nick, two. Oh my hey, Nick, God. Nick, Nick, let me, let me ask you a question. If Brennan Armstrong's the problem, why is he your leading rusher by double the next closest person on your team? If he's the problem and not the offensive line, not the inability to run the ball, not the amount of drops that literally co- almost cost you the game at UConn was the reason why you struggled with Notre Dame, and lost as bad as you did. If if he's the problem, why is he your leading rusher by double the next person? MJ literally could do this. Your team has 400, is averaging 119 yards rushing per game, and Brendan Armstrong is 67% of that. <laughs> MJ could do the same thing. 7%. MJ could do the same thing. We've seen MJ run. Before again, thank you, thank thank you, Nick. Nick, you just played yourself. You just played yourself. You said that you could do the exact same thing. Congratulations, you're still three and two, and you're wasting a quarterback's year of eligibility. Yeah, but MJ can throw the fucking goal. He can hit receivers. How many times do you have to say it? He's better. He's not. We win this game if MJ is our quarterback. If we're playing, like I'm done with Brendan Armstrong, dude. I'm done with Nick. If you want to play the pass game, because you're you're wanting to quote former players that he played with, former receivers, former offensive linemen. And Brennan Armstrong's still better than MJ Morris. Look at his numbers. He's literally the all-time leading passing yards person in ACC history. <laughs> what you're trying to pull does not make any sense because you are openly just like – But he – Go ahead, Nick. Trot him out. Go ahead. I'm done. At the end of the conversation, trot him out. Have fun doing the exact same shit you're doing right Look, now. Have fun. All I'm saying no, is have fun. the Brennan experiment is not working. It's not, okay? And I, I, I think <laughs> it would be smart for Dave Dorn to move on and make a hard coaching decision. It's like, hey, thank you for what you've done so far, but we're going to let, let MJ have a shot at this, okay? That's what Dave should do. Good. I, yeah, burn. 
Burn the red shirt, let him get hurt. Have fun. Have fun. Let MJ Moore struggle instead. Go for it. That's fine. Nick, if that's what you want to do, that, that's fine. I'm not saying that MJ Morris is worse than Brennan Armstrong. I'm not saying that. But I am so sick of you and every NC State fan trying to tell me that that's the problem is I'm Brennan si- Armstrong. I'm saying – here's what I'm saying. You're telling me that Brennan Armstrong is the biggest problem. If he's the biggest problem, why did I just quote you multiple stats that proves that he's not the biggest problem? Congratulations, Nick. Have fun going 6-6 six and six with MJ Moore instead of 6-6 six and six with Brennan Armstrong. Have fun. That's fine. I, and Enjoy. I'm saying at this point, we're not going to go six and six. Okay. Have fun. Whatever you think your record's going to be with MJ is going to be the same as Brendan. It's going to be the same. Really? MJ Morris, we win yesterday with MJ. 100%. MJ, Moore, MJ Morris is not winning you football games. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he but is. guess what? Yes. MJ Morris would have lost you that game against, NC, against UConn. You would have lost that game. No. Yes, you would have. Because what you're saying MJ Morris is better than, and you said, end quote, he is equal to Brendan Armstrong. It's crazy how those balls get dropped all of a sudden by, like, when Brennan actually played well. We beat Louisville yet last night if Brennan's our cool. quarterback. You're, you're, th- you're still three and two because you lost to UConn. No, we don't. We don't lose to UConn. Sorry. Why? You literally said exactly word for word that they are the exact same running and that throwing the football, that's what makes MJ different. You would have lost that game. And how did Brennan do throwing the ball against UConn? How many drops were there, Nick? You said it yourself. He didn't throw a single touchdown. Yeah, because how many many of them were dropped? I didn't watch the game. I only saw it in Notre Dame. (laughs) You dropped two of them. You knew that because that's why everyone was freaking out on the receiving core. I'm telling you, man. Fine. Go ahead. Trot out MJ. I'm telling you he's not that big. Like, y'all act like MJ Morris is the greatest thing of all time. He's not. He's not. He's not. He's still just middle of the pack ACC quarterback like Brennan Armstrong is, and you're going to go six and six. You're going to burn a year. Oh, God. Go Brennan Armstrong, the middle. I wish we had the middle of the pack ACC quarterback. Maybe we would have won yesterday. God. Brennan's a middle of the pack ACC quarterback. No, he's not. He's not. He's better than Jerkovic. He's better than Jones. He's literally, he was the starter at Virginia. So by rule, he's better than Musket or Calandria. Like, Brent, Brent is a bottom five quarterback in this conference. And MJ Morris will join him. So, Nine, 971 yards, five touchdowns, six interceptions, and a QBR of 41. That's 99th in the country. Yeah, blame good. Blame him. That's fine. Blame him. Don't act like I, your offensive I, line I, and your I'm, rushing attack is, is good. That's fine. That's fine, Nick. I really don't care. It's your you team. Okay. It's your you, team. So Nick, you don't Nick, think I'm that done. this – you don't it's think Brennan team. is – who lost this game like yesterday or on Friday? Your offensive line. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. How many rushing yards did you have, Nick? How many sacks did, how many sacks did the O-line get? No, that's not what I'm asking you. How many rushing yards did you have, Nick? Don't, don't try to use your own personal stats because like it, it makes you look better. How many rushing yards did you have in this game, Nick? Let me see. You had 89. Guess how many Brendan Armstrong accounted for? 61 of 89. Let's do that math, Nick. Oh, that's right on pace of the 66%. Your next leading rusher is Mr. Michael Allen with 22 yards on eight touches. Let's do the math on that one, Nick. That's um, less than three yards a carry. Oh, let's do the math on your next one. Oh, Mims, four touches for, oh, let's do the math, eight yards. You can't run the ball. 
MJ Morris is not going to solve that problem for you. I understand that Armstrong's not being great at passing the ball, but when you're asking him to do everything for your team, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think he's some miracle worker? Because MJ Morris isn't that either. I'm not trying to slam him. I'm not asking MJ for a Morris. miracle worker. I'm asking him to just hit a receiver in the end zone. <laughs> you act like I'm not like... asking him for a whole lot. Nick. I've seen MJ play. I've seen Brennan play twice in person. It's it's over. It's hey, over. Nick, Nick, did you watch I'm... the play where, where he threw the pick? My did, God. did you did you notice that there were two safeties that were hiding in the background that came over that made the play happen? Again, was it an excusable pick? Yes. At the end of the day, you're a Division One quarterback. You got to make a better play. But let's not pretend like this is all on Brennan because you can say, "Oh, that one play went wrong." Okay, talk about the times he's extended. He extended both of your scoring drives with his legs, with a beautiful ball over the top to who was it? Thomas or Timmons? I mean, excuse me, not Thomas Timmons. Like what? Fine. You you can try to try to convince yourself that, that MJ Morris solves this problem and that you're four and one and that you're gonna have a much better like Nick, even if you beat Louisville and you're four and one instead of three and two, you really think MJ Morris is gonna win you the rest of these games that we just talked about? You think that you're gonna lose? Congratulations. Now instead of four and eight, you're five and seven. I hope it was worth wasting his time. Hope it was. Really, I hope it was. Until you figure out how to run the football, Nick, until your offensive line figures it out. So your receivers learn to catch the ball when they actually get a good, like Brennan has made just as many good throws that have been dropped as bad throws that have been picked off. And you know what? You can say that's unfair. You can say, oh, well, at the end of the day, you got to make the good throw every single time. Sure. That's fine. But let's not act like MJ Morris hits every single receiver that's open in the history of open receivers. Cause how many times last year did we talk about, oh, if MJ Morris just gets a little bit more touch on that ball, that's a touchdown. But hey, it's okay. He's a freshman. He's going to figure it out. Or sophomore, whatever he was. I don't remember what year he is now. But he would have figured it out. It's fine. You're giving him all these excuses last year, but you won't give Brennan Armstrong the same thing. And again, Brennan hasn't been great. I'm not going to tell you that he's been great because he hasn't been. He's not the Brennan Armstrong that I saw two years ago at Virginia. He's the Brennan Armstrong I saw last year at Virginia. But again, at the end of the day, if he has no time to do anything and a team can just drop eight every single time, no quarterback is going to have success doing that. Because, Nick, let me, let, me, let me tell you about this team that dropped eight on every single play and then held that team to, like, six points. That team was Oregon against Colorado. Because guess what Colorado and Oregon did the whole time? Competent defense just dropped eight. They rushed three. And guess what? Sanders had over almost three and a half seconds to throw the football every single time over the national average. But guess what? He was getting hit every time he threw the ball. Want to know why? Because nobody was open. Nobody was open. And then you get pissed off when he throws an interception because he has to try to get the ball away. He's got to try to create something because there's no run rushing attack. It's the same thing, Nick. It's the exact same thing. But you all just want to blame one person instead of looking around the room. If anything, Nick, I think that everyone should be blaming Robert or not. Not Brennan Armstrong. At the end of the day, Robert and I has got to figure out how to get the rushing attack going. And Nick, I warned you that you're not you're never gonna be able to run the football with Robert and I. We had that problem with Virginia. I just I, I can't stand when someone when, when a fan base goes at one player and doesn't even look at the rest of the stats, doesn't even look around the room. 
That's all. Look, I said up until last week that the whole offense is a problem, right? And I've tried. I've tried saying, you know what, Brennan's not having a lot of time, yada, yada. But this game, this game specifically, was 100% winnable. And the reason why we lost is because of Brent. Nick, did the offense – and before you say yes, because it's one different play. Because at the end of the day, this was the best your defense played all year, right? By far? You agree? Yeah. Okay, it's the best your defense played all year. But I want you to look me – obviously, you're not looking face-to-face. But I want you to stay with a straight face, and I'll trust you whether – you can be honest whether or not you're smiling or not and trying to actually hide this. Tell me that the – NC State offense, take Brennan Armstrong out of it. Talk about routes. Talk about the ability to run the football. Talk about the offensive line giving 3.4 seconds instead of 2 point whatever the national average is. Tell me that that offense did enough to win you the football game. Not give you a chance to win the football game, but win the football game. The answer should be no. Take out Brennan. Because now you got to take away... The, the, the three drives that he extended, including two for your touchdown or your scoring drives, that he extended by himself by breaking a tackle in the backfield and then get, picking up enough for the first down. Take out Brennan and putting in MJ? Take out Brennan. Did the offense do enough to win the game? And this now, again, you cannot go, yeah, because we would have scored 13 instead of 10. No. Did the offense do enough to win you the football game? Did you go this offense? Because you're, you're, what you're trying to tell me is, Nick, Brennan cost you seven points. That's what you've been saying this whole time. No, it cost us 14. Where's the 14th point? He fumbled at the 40-yard line. Didn't he get, like, rocked on that play? I, I, I don't know. I was – I was on the other side of the end zone. I, I, he was, they were going away from me. So I didn't see how. Pretty sure that was not really on him. But even if you want to say it's on him, fine. But again, it's not like MJ Morris is perfect. I mean, look, he fumbled because he got hit. Is that the offense has done nothing to help you win this game. Whether you want to say it's Brennan or not, fine. And if you want to point to this game specifically, Nick, fine. But the other four games, you and I have both agreed that it's not been Brennan Armstrong. It's been an offensive unit as a whole. The offensive line, the inability to run the ball. At the end of the day, man, I'm not, look I'm around. Not denying that. Look around. That's like me blaming Tony Musket for Virginia's loss yesterday. Because guess what? He turned the ball over in a pretty key spot. But I ain't going to blame him. Or me blaming Calandria, actually. That's probably even a better one. Blaming Calandria for the loss against NC State. Do you think Anthony Calandria was the problem? Because, uh, Nick, if you didn't know, he uh, actually technically, statistically, based off of turnovers, which is a number you like to throw at me, played worse than Brennan Armstrong. But do you really think he was the reason Virginia lost that game? I sure don't think so. Because guess what Virginia couldn't do? Couldn't really run the football. Had some big-time drops. A terrible play call. This isn't on Brennan, man. It's not. You can put some of the blame on Brennan because at the end of the day, he's your quarterback. and he made, he, he made some mistakes. You're absolutely right. But to try to tell me that Brennan Armstrong is the problem and that the rest of the stuff, not, doesn't, not that it magically gets fixed, but gets so much better if he's out of the lineup, no. I, Nick, actually, I hope, I hope for your sake you get what you want. I hope NJ Morris trots out there and you go 6-6 six and six, and I can tell you that I was right. 
and that you've wasted a year of, of an eligibility for that. Is it really worth wasting a potential future par- person or part of your program to go play in the Independence Bowl, Nick? Is it worth it to you? If the answer is yes, fine. But I'd like to think you're smarter than that. So. I just. No. I don't think we'll go bowling, dude. Like, we can agree to disagree. Like, I think both both you and I are kind of on the same page for one major difference. You think that that MJ Morris is the difference between a bowl game and not. And my answer to you is I don't think it's the case. But even if so, I hope you enjoy playing in the military bowl against Tulane. Fine. Hope you have fun. I'll I'll take it. You want to know why? Because we haven't won a bowl game since 2017. You ain't gonna win that game. Tulane would beat you. Tulane would beat you. So have fun. Look, my final point on this is I get it. I'm I'm not gonna admit that I'm wrong because I I in my gut I've seen enough. I've seen enough of the Brennan experiment. And again, if it works, it's great, right? It's a great move by Dave. It's a great move by the staff. If we, you know, get 10 wins with Brennan, then it's absolutely worth sitting MJ Morris. But it's year 11, Micah. It's year 11. And I, I've defended Dave Doran forever, forever. And when there's an obvious problem right now, especially after last night, or I'm sorry, Friday night, and he doesn't do anything about it, it's like, what are we doing? Why are we wasting our time? Okay, why why are we doing this? Why don't we at least fine if we go six and six with MJ? At least he's got some reps. It, like I don't want MJ to go into twenty twenty four with over a year without playing competent or competition football. Like I don't want that. I don't want him coming off ice cold. Like I would like him to have a little bit of experience. If we go hey, six hey. and six, and but MJ gets some reps. MJ, you know, starts to get a feel. For get him it. reps in the bowl game. Get him reps later in the year. Why now? And Nick, I'm going to give you because one final. Because there's still, because my God, there's still meat left on this bone in the okay, season. Nick, it's only okay, week I'm gonna, six. I'm, I'm gonna give we you can one still fun. have a good season if, okay. if, if things Nick, go I'll give the you way one, I think they I'll give, could. I'll give you one final stat. One final stat. And you, and you tell me, yes or no, a couple questions before I lead you to the stat. This NC State team, last year's NC State team, take out the quarterbacks. Offense, all around. Running backs receivers, offensive line. Which is better? Last year's. Okay. Let me ask you another question. If you had to guess the statistical difference between Devin Leary through six games last year and Brennan Armstrong through five, what would you say those numbers are? Total yards. Trick question. Devin didn't make it to game six. Hey, did he play six games last year, bud? Did he get hurt in game six? Like midway through it, yeah. But again, he played five and a half. Sorry, we'll, we'll be more specific for you. <laughs> five and a half games. Sorry, what was the question again? How many total yards of offense does Devin Leary have more over Brennan Armstrong? And half a game's more of work. Um... What if I t- – go, 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 come on. Throw a number out there. We spent a lot of time 300. on 300. Nope. The answer is 56 yards. Okay. How many turnovers did Devin have? Six. Four interceptions. Touchdowns? Four interceptions and two fumbles. He has he has 11, 
but that's total. Brennan, with his rushing and his passing, has nine. Tell me that that is, like, you're trying to tell me that Brennan Armstrong is the problem. You just admitted that the offense was much better last year with take the quarterbacks out. And yet their numbers are not that far off. Why is that, Nick? Oh, and by the way, that's not even giving Brennan another chance to play another half. Is Brennan Armstrong the like the miracle worker or the best or like the only positive thing of your offense? No. Is he a problem? Sure, you can say he's a problem, but is he the problem? Absolutely not. Absolutely I think last not. night he was the problem. Cool. I'm glad the he was the problem for one that, game. The four, the four games before that, I'm willing to say he was not just the problem. Okay. Cool. But you, uh, yesterday, yesterday. So Brennan so was so, the so so Brennan so Brennan gets gets no mulligan. It's no no, and even then, you you cannot tell me that that Brennan Armstrong was the only problem on Friday night. But you're going to let the offensive line get away with not being the problem, or the rushing attack not be the problem, and they've had five bad games. Hey, I admitted, I admitted it on the fifth quarter Wolfpack thing that uh, the poll you put out. I said the O line is having a lot of penalties right now too. And why, like, Brennan? Then why are you saying Brennan's the problem? You just because said Brennan, Brennan had was the number three one turnovers, my guy, and he threw for 145 no, yards. No, but we're talking about the season. Yards. You told me that Brennan is the problem. He's the number one problem. If he's the number one problem, why does he have one bad game? The rest of your team has five. You even admitted the offensive. Like, Nick, you're just sounding contradictory. But that, has Brennan had a good game? Okay. Has the offensive line had a good game? One could argue that Brennan Armstrong won you the UConn game. Because actually, Nick, actually, who had the worst performance pause, of pause, all Nick. the games that have been played? The O-line pause. or Brennan? O-line. No, Brennan. Sorry. I'm sorry. That performance the... last night was pitiful. It was. <laughs> oh, you're... oh, so we're just going to pretend like 89 rushing yards is all Brennan Armstrong's fault when he had 61 of them. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we're just going to pretend that the O-line has not given up as many sacks as Brennan thrown interceptions. Nick, I'm going to give you some insight. I know some people in college athletics. I know somebody that works at Virginia who may or may not <laughs> – be a defensive coach. Yeah, that's yeah. Okay, blame Brennan. That's fine. Brennan was <laughs> the. I, I mean, my God. No, that's fine. Blame him for blame him for this loss. That's fine. Blame him for this loss. But go ahead, go six and six with with MJ instead of six and six with Brennan. That's fine. We're not going. To, we're not going to go six and six with Brennan. That's my take. We're not going to go six and six with Brennan. Okay, you ain't going to go. Like, bro, he cannot throw. That's my final take. Brennan cannot throw. I'm glad that yeah, he has the, uh, keep us in the, 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 ACC's the, all-time, the ACC's all-time passing leader can't throw the football. Got it. Okay. Nick, I'm done. Um, we move on. No, I'm done. I'm done. Nick, leader. I'm done. Nick, I'm done. I'm done. Because you're, I'm, you're, you're pissing me off now. I'm done. We're moving on. We've, wait, we've talked wait, enough wait, about wait. this. The we've talked ACC's enough. ACC's all-time passing leader. He set the all-time – or maybe – sorry, maybe it's total offense leader. But regardless, he set an all-time AC record. Do you not see that? It happened against Virginia, or maybe it happened against Louisville. It happened just in the last week or two. All I saw was that he got he, – he was – he he clips like top 10 in passing yards or something in the ACC. That's that what I time. saw last night. Even if even, – even if – even, Nick, even if maybe I missed all the stat. Maybe if it was still top 10. Guess what, Nick? Congratulations. 
the only other NCAA, NC State quarterback to ever accomplish that is uh, someone that's in your wall of, or Hall of Fame called Philip Rivers. So, okay. Anyways, um, you're, 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 you're putting the blame on somebody for one bad game, and he wasn't even the only problem in that game, and you're trying to say that he was the only problem. And that pisses me off because you're just you, – Nick, I, I hold you to a high standard. I really think you're a smart guy. You're not sounding smart right now. You're sounding like the asinine people on Twitter that go off because they just want to have their voice heard and want to sound like jackasses because they think they know ball. Like, that's what you sound like because you're, you're blaming somebody when it's not even all his fault. You can say he made the biggest mistake of the game because, Nick, I will agree with you. He made the biggest mistake of the game. But it's almost like football is a team sport, and there's multiple plays that happen throughout the game where maybe those mistakes weren't as big as one big mistake. But like that's like blaming the kicker for missing a, a, a 31-yard field goal when the team couldn't punch it in in the red zone. That's like me blaming Will Petridge for Virginia's inability to score touchdowns. Yeah, he missed the field goal, but he's, he's the kicker. He can't control everything else. He can't block. Hell, Brandon Armstrong has blocked for you guys half the time. <laughs> Again, make the change. Make the change. Go for it. Fine. Like It's your team. It doesn't matter to me. We'll move on. We move on to the noon game. Clemson, Syracuse. <sighs> Syracuse. They lost this game. Everyone's giving Clemson their flowers, and Clemson might honestly still be the second-best team if Riley Leonard is hurt in this conference. But, I mean, Nick, did you watch any of this game? Yeah, I did. I watched most of the second half of this game. So you missed the first half then. So that, that that's the key piece that I got a chance to really right, – take back. I was listening to it on the radio, but still, same thing. Clemson was very fortunate that Syracuse kind of got in their own way. Um, Clemson came out swinging, which was very, very impressive. I was, I was quite impressed with what Clemson, how Clemson came out. Um, you know. But Syracuse, I mean, Syracuse literally fumbles after getting, you know, a pretty solid play. They get into Clemson territory, but then they fumble. There's targeting called. It was not targeting, so I'm glad they picked it up, which means it's Clemson ball. Clemson goes down the scores. Syracuse then literally gives up multiple sacks <laughs> to then have to punt, so three and out. You move on from that point, and, you know, Clemson goes 3 not Good defense. Good good stop by Syracuse. How does Syracuse respond? Mm, I don't know. Just fumble. No big deal or anything. Oh, and by the way, this fumble occurred to where Clemson had the ball at the three-yard line. So then Clemson's up 14 nothing before you even can think. And then Syracuse responds with a great drive, goes 75 yards for a touchdown. The next real scoring opportunity – comes when Syracuse forces Clemson to go for it on fourth and goal at the five and they don't get it. You're like, okay, it's 14-7. Syracuse has a chance. They go down the field and they miss a field goal. I mean, it was a 57-yard field goal. So, I mean, at the, I'll give, like, you know, the kicker some some, some flowers. Like, uh, if he would have made it, it would have been very impressive, obviously. 
And then Clemson goes down the field and scores in four plays. Early in that game, Nick, Syracuse had a chance. Like, I'm just going to make it sound like it's all on Syracuse, but Syracuse had their chance to win that game, to set the tone, to kind of diminish what Clemson was rolling with. But, man, Clemson, they got over it, man. They finally, like, this is this is nuts, but this is the best the Clemson team has played in the Dome in a very long time. Yeah. This isn't even close to the best Clemson team that's come to the Dome in a very long time. And yet this team overcame multiple shots in the foot. But what I'm going to tell you, Nick, that people don't want to hear is this Clemson game started very similar to how the Duke game started for them. You know the difference? In the second half, Duke took it to Clemson. Syracuse did not. And kudos to Clemson. They took advantage. Like, they didn't let it get to that point because they made it 21-7 before the half. They could have, I think, made it 24-7. I think they missed a field goal right before the half. So, it, it started out very similar to the Duke game in the sense of, like, it felt like Clemson should have ran away with it and they just let Syracuse hang around, Syracuse hang around. And, and this, the difference was Syracuse shot themselves in the foot more than Duke did. If it weren't for the fact that the bottom of the ACC is so bad, Nick, <laughs> Syracuse would probably fall a lot in the power rankings for me, but they didn't move at all. I don't think my opinions on Syracuse have really changed. I mean, they're probably a seven and five, eight and four team at best, but it wasn't like I had Syracuse going an eleven and one and playing in Charlotte. And I think the biggest thing now, Nick, is I still don't think Clemson's going to be able to play themselves into the picture. I mean, the two losses are, are just going to be very hard to overcome. But I mean, we just spent probably forty minutes yelling at each other, or thirty-five minutes yelling about Brennan Armstrong and NC State. Whether it's Armstrong or Morris, do you think that, that NC State's going to beat Clemson at home? I don't think so. I uh, after after this performance that Clemson had, I don't think so either. No, uh, I th- I think again, like you can say what you want about Clemson's loss at Duke. You can you can say what you want about that, but you and I both know that Duke is like when that happened, we were o- more in awe because we didn't know if Duke. Like, Duke is honestly, with Riley Leonard, better this year than they were last year. And we yeah. were all thinking, there's no way they're going to be better. We didn't know if they would be worse, but we definitely did not think they were going to be better. And they were. And they are, hopefully, if Riley can return. Especially with the schedule differences from last year and this year. Correct. Correct. So, you factor that in, right? And, again, I, I said it when we watched when we did the podcast after that first game, Nick. I mean, let's just be honest. If Clemson doesn't throw up on themselves multiple times, they win that football game, and they might even win it by two scores. Yeah. The amount of missed field goals, the amount of – like, turning the ball over at the one-yard line twice, I think, is what it was, right? Yeah. I mean, they win that game probably by two scores. So, no matter what we want to say about Clemson, I mean, as long as they don't just throw up on themselves, and, and, and even then, like, no disrespect to NC State, Nick, because – I think, we, I think we may have wasted our listeners' time for 35 minutes. It's probably funny that people were probably laughing. But, you know, at the end of the day, like, NC State's not better than Duke. <laughs> and Clemson had a chance to beat Duke playing that terribly. 
So even if they play that terribly, Nick, I think they could beat NC State. I think they could beat, you know, pretty much everyone on their schedule that's left minus Notre Dame. Like, Nick, after yesterday, I think I honestly would take Clemson over Notre Dame at home after the last couple of weeks. And I still think Notre Dame's pretty good. I just – Notre Dame's schedule, if you look at it, is just insane over the next couple of weeks. Like, they're going to eventually have to run out of luck. No, no pun intended, obviously. But I really don't have too much from this game because, I mean, I'm disappointed that Syracuse didn't make it more interesting. Obviously, we both picked Syracuse to win. I think both of us just believed in the power of the Dome. But, yeah. I mean, this was 24-7 to after the first drive in the third quarter. And, you know, Syracuse scored make a 24-14. But, I mean, Schrader played pretty poorly. One thing I've noticed, Nick, is Syracuse, when they go up against physical interior linemen, they, they just they can't block and they get contained pretty well. I mean, they, they could – like Schrader didn't have much time. The offense really didn't have – like they couldn't really run the football. I mean, I'll take some blame for this. I didn't realize how much Garrett Schrader's legs – has propelled the Syracuse offense. Like I knew that he was obviously mobile and I knew that he was a big part of it, but he really was similar to Brendan Armstrong in that aspect, Nick, from the standpoint of like, he was so dangerous with his legs that it opened up the passing game. And, and the defense of your argument, like he has missed less throws than Brendan has this year, but they're really not that much different. So that's where I think, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, okay, well, you know, you look at Syracuse's remaining schedule, and I mean, it doesn't get any easier moving forward. Like, like there's a world where I think Syracuse might be 500. I mean, from what we saw this weekend with Virginia Tech, and obviously I don't think they're going to go into Chapel Hill or Tallahassee and get the win. I mean, this is not a bad Syracuse team, but this is about what we – I think – I'll say that I was a little bit more excited about them than I probably should have just because I thought they'd get the Clemson win, which would get them to probably nine wins. Um, Because look at the rest of the schedule, it's it's pretty doable. But, you know, it's – this is a team that, at the end of the day, it's – Clemson is – Clemson reminded us that just because they have two losses in the ACC does not mean they're a bad football team. Like, if there's a team that should be ranked with two losses in college football right now, it should not be LSU. It should be Clemson. Yeah, I agree. That's a good take. Um, yeah, I was really hoping that this Syracuse team would be different, and I still think they might be better than last year, but this is going to be a tough stretch coming down with after this Clemson game. They got Carolina and Florida State, like you mentioned. But I really thought that this would be like a defining season-changing type of win for Syracuse like okay people will hop on our bandwagon that we started like oh the Syracuse team is different watch out um but simply it just showed us that Clemson this is what I this is the type of game I was afraid of if you are someone that's not a fan of Clemson or you thought that they would be dead um beating a good Syracuse team on the road like that is a huge confidence booster um, you get that first win, and your championship hopes in the ACC are still alive. Now, you dug yourself quite a bit of a hole, but this was one that you had to have, and you did it in pretty much dominant fashion. And the rest of the schedule is pretty much other than, well, let's see, 
They got State. They got Carolina. They got South Carolina, which I guess in all purposes don't. Uh, their ACC games are pretty much pretty easy, except probably Miami. Now they get Carolina at home, which I think is going to be very intriguing. But the rest of the ACC games, in terms of championship hopes, are pretty easy. They got Wake at home. Uh, they go to NC State. They get Georgia Tech and Carolina at home. So they're not dead. They are very much alive in this battle. Um, and if you're like someone who is constantly rooting against Clemson and wants a different team, this is kind of the result that you did not want. So uh, Clemson, I'm not deeming them back, but I'm deeming them as they are fighting very hard and watch out for them. Yeah, Clemson's still just on life support. That's yeah. all it really is. I mean, they're not like they would have been dead if they lost to Syracuse, obviously, but they're they're still on life support. Yeah. Okay, we uh we move on. Um I guess we'll just keep the, the, the schedule of staying on pace with the games that we're currently um going in order with. If if there is a way for somebody, anybody listening, to get Virginia to show up in the second half of a football game, <laughs> please let me know the secret. I will actually give you a lot of money to find it out. <laughs> because, Nick, I'm going to say this right now. I, I said it last week on the pod. I did kind of my defend Tony Elliott thing. I'm not going to say I'm out yet. I'm getting a lot closer. If we lose to William and Mary on Saturday, Nick, I want him gone. I'm sorry. That's terrible. I'm in an industry where, you know, I understand there's more to this than just, you know, just wins and losses and yada, yada, yada. If you can't beat William and Mary and you're 0-6 and you're one of the few remaining teams in college football that hasn't won a football game, you're making too much money to be a Division One head football coach. I'm glad you were a good OC for a couple of years when you had, you know, studs at quarterback at Clemson. I'm really happy for you. <laughs> I mean, this was – so I was at Georgia Southern, obviously, and the first half I got to watch. Second half, I obviously was following it, but I was, you know, running around checking out the game day at Statesboro. And – I was getting texts from a buddy that I was going to go with the game. We, we were going to go to that game for a little while there. We thought we'd go. You know, he, him and I were talking, and it just, man, it it made no sense to me. At the end of the day, I don't know. Like, Tony Musket did everything that he could for us to win that football game. I, similar to... Your argument, Nick, in a sense, like, you know, we're talking about two quarterbacks, like would Calandria have provided more of a spark? I don't know. But, I mean, Tony didn't play bad. But after that first half, man, the offense just was – it was dead. The only points we scored was we gained, I think, four yards on a drive, but it was because BC turned the ball over. We had a short field to begin with. And we had to settle for a 42-yard field goal or whatever it was. That's not going to win you football games. It shouldn't win you football games. I mean, 
I'm gonna give I'm gonna give some some flowers to Boston College first before I get too upset about Virginia because I think Boston College at the end of the day they have they have been a very good second half team. They have been. You think about it. The NIU game looked like they were gonna get killed. The Holy Cross game they had to battle back to win. The Florida State game they battled back to have a chance to win. I mean, obviously, like that game was pretty much out of hand, but. I don't know if they won the second half against Louisville, but if not, they like they were neck and neck in the second half, right? Mm-hmm. The BC game plan, minus the Hail Mary on the last play of the half, was pretty much executed to perfection. Give us a chance to win the game in the second half. And they came out firing. Kick a field goal, it's 21-10. I'm not going to lie, Nick. When I saw BC settle for a field goal to make a 21-10, I actually thought Virginia had the game. I was like, okay. Our defense stopped them on the first drive. They settled for a field goal. Like, I think we're going to at least score one more time. Like, I really did think that 28 points was going to win the game. And at the end of the day, it would have. (laughs) Yeah. But the problem was, is Virginia couldn't get to 28. We have no running game. We gave up more sacks, Nick, which was five in this game. And BC had all season, which was also five. So BC doubled their sack total on Saturday. And at the end of the day, man, this team is better than 0 and 5. But they're the worst power five team until they win a game. You can say you can you can see all the the positives we've seen. We've you, you can look at like four or five key moments that maybe flips Virginia to three and two right now. But at the end of the day, they're 0 5. And, you know, there's been some bad drops by receivers. There's been some busted coverages. There's been just, I mean, piss poor tackling. Like during that BC run where they took the lead 24 21, Virginia forgot how to tackle. The fundamentals of this program are bad. And say what you want about. You know, obviously, Virginia is not a program that was like, you know, it wasn't like this team was riding off of the Orange Bowl. And then, like, you know, they had all the Orange Bowl players still sticking around when Tony Elliott took over. Like, he he inherited a dirty situation, but it was not a mess. And I'm just sick and tired of, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, Virginia struggled in their win against Richmond in his first ever game. If Georgia Tech was even a competent, breathing football team when Virginia played them last year, they beat Virginia. If Old Dominion was not a 3-9 and nine Old Dominion team like they were last year, they're probably losing to that game too because they quite literally tried to lose it by giving up a touchdown with a minute to go. The Tony Elliott era has been nothing but shortfalls. Where even in the wins, they barely escaped. And I I just can't believe that Virginia lost this game. Like, I don't know if you listened to our podcast or not, Nick. I didn't actually tell you this. This would be the first time if you didn't listen. I actually added something onto our podcast last week in the preview. Because um, obviously, 
because well, because we recorded and our whole thing was about how Calandria is going to pick apart the secondary, and then the next day, because we recorded a day earlier, we find out Tony Musket's starting. Right. Yeah. So I just did a quick six minute like what my thoughts were on Tony Musket starting, you know, obviously just stressing that when you hear this Virginia information, like don't think that we're, we're idiots. Cause we posted it on the day that news came out, but obviously we had recorded the night before. So anyways, I, in that talk, Nick, I said that Tony Musket should still win us the football game. That I don't think putting Tony Musket out there is the difference between a win or a loss. And I still stand by that. Tony Musket didn't lose the football game for Virginia. And it's just frustrating that of all the things that continue to happen for Virginia, the one common thing that kind of like falls into that realm is coaching. I mean, if they don't beat William and Mary, Nick, like I've kind of come to the conclusion if Virginia – is one win entering November, entering mid-November, like November 13th when the game times come out for the last weekend of the season. I don't normally skip Virginia, Virginia Tech, and call me a fake fan all you want, but (laughs) Nick's seen it. I mean, the amount of Virginia games I've been to, I think I earned the right to say that it's almost a – it should be a cause for concern if some of the most loyal Virginia fans are questioning whether or not it's worth making a six and a half hour drive to watch their team lose again. Cause I'm not going to lie. I was, I was kind of bummed when I was driving to Statesboro and I was like, man, I could have gone to Virginia at BC finally gotten a game at BC last ACC stadium that I haven't seen a full regulation game at. I've seen a spring game, but not a full one. And I'm so glad I didn't because that would have been the most miserable drive back today I would have ever had in my entire life. <laughs> oh, my God. How long is that drive? God, I think 11 and a half hours or some uh, ridiculous uh, number. And, like, with the weather, they, like, driving through New York and all the weather would have just made it 10 times worse. Oh, my God. At that point, dude, I would, if you had actually done that at that point, I would have <laughs> said, fuck it, fly. Yeah, right. But, I mean, again, kudos to BC. I mean – are they going to be a bowl team? Absolutely not. But I mean, they still get Virginia Tech at home. They still have some games, you know, with Syracuse and, and whatnot on the slate that they, they could potentially win. So Half Lee has at least extended his time a little bit. We'll see how much longer. But as much as it felt like Virginia lost that game, I'm going to give credit to BC because they they willed themselves to win that game. So it's kind of a like that's my I'm, like, I'm almost trying to like make myself feel better like hey like BC gave it their all but then I'm like well why couldn't like because if Virginia gives their all then they, like not not saying the players didn't try hard but I mean like if Virginia presents their best and you know just the play calling stays the same the execution stays the same the discipline stays the same from the first half they win that game probably by two scores maybe even three so yeah that's all I got on it. We'll, uh, we'll see how, how I'm feeling this time next week. <laughs> yeah, to me, this game was basically loser goes home, as in the coach goes home. Um, if Jeff Hathley loses this game, then I don't know if he finishes this season, to be quite frank with you. And I was already kind of out on Tony Elliott after what I saw against State and after what I saw against JMU. 
Uh, and he just kind of doubled down on it. I mean, no aggression, no nothing in the second half. Like we saw that against JMU. It, it's, it's so bad. Like, I, I'm surprised at how long of a leash you have on him right now, Micah, because I like to pride myself in someone that kind of has a long leash when it comes to these things. And I was kind of out on Tony Elliott for you after the state game. Um, but this, oh, man. Um, yeah, it was it was bad. Um, I, I don't know what's going to happen with your quarterback situation. I, I guess is Musket, do you, are you going to ride with Musket for the rest of the season as a Virginia I mean, fan? He, I mean, he should, he should start against William and Mary. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, I mean, Calandria technically, Nick, has not burned his red shirt yet. Okay. Because you can play, I believe it's four games. Does that, that sound right to you? Yeah, I think so. So, so he, has, he has played in four. So technically, like – he hasn't burned it yet. So, and I will say, like, again, I thought Tony Musket's been the guy, like, going into the year. I was excited about him. I was more just, like, upset slash shocked because of the way, like, Calandria kind of came on. At the bare minimum, man, like, college football was talking about Virginia because of Anthony Calandria. It's kind of crazy, Nick. I mean, and part of it was playing on a Friday night, so obviously those games stick out a little bit more. But did you notice that Virginia got airtime every game Anthony Calandria played on SportsCenter at some reason or another? I didn't notice that. There was not a single Virginia highlight this weekend on college football final or anything. And again, like part of it falls under the category of not playing on Friday night. I get that. But like, you know, people were talking about Calandria college football podcast were mentioning Calandria because like, I mean, the sickos committee was literally losing their dang mind over this kid. Like people were at least talking about Virginia. We're now, I mean, sickos committee kind of talked about Virginia this weekend because the BC Virginia game was basically the definition of a psychopath game. Oh, which by the way, Nick, you'll find this very, very funny. Cause I think this is just sums me up. The two FBS teams I probably care the most about are Virginia and Akron. Akron played one of the other 0-4 teams entering Saturday and lost <laughs> in overtime after missing, a, after missing a field goal. So the, the team that I wanted to get their first win was the opposite of what I had hoped for. So my two favorite FBS teams are a combined 1-9, and Virginia, or Akron's only win was a literally – did you ever hear about the Akron-Morgan State game, Nick? Just a quick side note. No. Morgan State was up by four with two minutes to go in the fourth quarter, and their quarterback fumbled the ball, and Akron returned it for 24 yards for a touchdown to win the game. Jeez. So that's literally the only win that of my two FBS teams I care the most about have this year. <laughs> I'm down bad, Nick. It burns. Yeah. That's why I may, maybe that's why I'm mad at you for being mad about three wins because I have two teams that can't even get to past one. <laughs> but anyways, my, my wins are are my wins are pig with a lipstick, dude. I'm gonna say I'm gonna ask you this question, Nick, because I don't think there's a wrong answer, and this might make me sound contradictory. But would you rather have Castellanos or Armstrong right now? Ooh, because I think. 
I still want Armstrong for his leadership, but I'm I'm starting to really get on board with Castellanos. Like the kid. Do you think Castellanos gets states a three and two right now? I think so. Then yeah, I would want Castellanos as a freshman instead of Brendan Armstrong as a fifth year senior. Yeah, like Nick. Here, here's what I'll say. I'm gonna circle back because I don't like how we ended. I don't like. I don't want. I don't like to end on a fight. You know. You know, like they say, like the couples. <laughs> you know, you want. You want to go to bed. You don't want to end it. End it on a bad note. I think it's too late to go to MJ Morris. And I, because of the way Brennan played game one, it, there wasn't enough telling tale signs to switch the experiment. But I can understand, the more I think about it, the frustration of you and NC State fans. Again, I still think that the quarterback position is not the number one problem. But, like, you just you just nailed it. And that's kind of what I've talked about with Virginia, with, with uh, Calandria over Musket. A part of you wants to get excited for the future. A part of you wants to, to give your guy experience. Knowing that you're putting yourself through this, and knowing that that guy's gone at the end of the year anyways is tough. Because that's probably why you'd want Castellanos right now, right, Nick? Because he's a freshman. Yeah. And you're like, oh, this kid's going to become something special, similar to what MJ Morris showed you last year. So I can understand that portion of it from that standpoint. Because, like, again, I would still take right now Brandon Armstrong. But if we're talking – like we talked about, you know, a couple days ago with the, the Riley Leonard versus Sam Hartman thing. And, Nick, I thought it was great because the Cover 3 podcast plays – afterwards said the exact same thing that we said we would take Sam Hartman if we wanted to go win a football game right now but if we want long term we want Riley Leonard so yeah I mean Costanos is a dog this BC team like right now I think they I think they I think they're going to win one or two more ACC games I really do I think the bottom of the ACC is that bad slash like BC is not abysmal. So that's all I got on that game. You're ready to move on to the most disappointing team on the week, and we've had multiple arguments and frustrations of our own teams to go over with, Nick. Yeah, I'm ready to really, really ready to stick it to Georgia Tech fans right now. Yeah, Georgia Tech fans, shut up. You talked a lot of shit. Okay, all right, all right. You talked so much shit. You tried to tell us that your program's different. You tried to tell us this team is so much better. You lost to one of the worst fucking MAC teams there is. <laughs> and off. not only lost, you got killed. This was the worst ACC performance all season, and I've watched Virginia lose multiple games by multiple touchdowns. We lost, watched Boston College lose to NIU. We lost, watched Virginia Tech lose to Marshall. We lost, watched a lot of bad football games in the ACC this year against G5 teams. And somehow, you topped them all. They couldn't tackle. They couldn't run the football. Haynes King looked like a normal, average-ass dude. Nick, I know you want to blame Brennan Armstrong this weekend for a loss. Brennan Armstrong played better than Haynes King, in my opinion. You give Brennan Armstrong Boston College a secondary, I think he may have actually put up the same numbers as Hank King, if not more, because he has his legs. This Georgia Tech team, with this was pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. This was Jeff Collins-type stuff right here. And Georgia Tech fans tried to tell us they were different. 
that this team was so much better. And you know what? You're, you're not the worst team in the ACC. I mean, you beat Wake Forest. When you play your best, you're, you're a decent football team. But you can't, you cannot play like this. This was, this was abysmal. Yeah. Bowling Green, dude, got freaking bullied by Liberty. Got bullied by Ohio. And I just named two pretty good G5 teams. But last I checked, Georgia Tech fans acted like they were a fucking ACC contender, right? Mm. This, and, and, and the worst part of it all, to me, is the fan base. You know, again, did we think this was going to happen? Absolutely not, Nick. I mean, I'm the first one to say that. I thought this team was going to win the football game. I mean, we breezed, we literally breezed over it in our preview. Like, you can say this is a look-ahead spot all you want. There's a difference between a look-ahead spot and playing like dog shit. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't have said it better. I couldn't have said it better than myself. Because, <clears throat> you know, they like what what pisses me off the most, Nick, is that ball like that. Georgia Tech scores on the fucking first play of the game. Or I guess technically the second if you don't count the kickoff. But the first offensive play of the game, they score. They're up 14 nothing five minutes into this game. You can't say this was a look-ahead spot. Because if this is a look-ahead spot, you don't lose this football game. You're up 14 to nothing. Look-ahead spot means we start slow. And then we kind of struggle, and maybe we don't catch up. You got up 14 nothing. Did 17-14 right before the half not wake you up? At halftime, you're trailing by three. Should be trailing probably by more. Like, it's, it's 14-10, and then Georgia Tech fumbles the ball. BG goes 40 yards, scores a touchdown. Then, Nick, this, this is by far the perfect summary of this game for, for Georgia Tech. It is first and 10 with a minute 33 to go in the half. BG, I keep saying BG, I grew up in Ohio, so it's probably unfair. Bowling Green is up 17-14. It's a minute and 33 to go. Haynes King scrambles for 15 yards to the Bowling Green 36-yard line. And for what awful reason, gets absolutely popped by a Bowling Green defender. It is now first and 10 with a minute and 10 to go at the Bowling Green 21-yard line. Nick, last I checked, most college kickers can hit a 38-yard field goal, right? Yeah. So at the bare minimum, you're tied at halftime. Here is the next preceding plays for Georgia Tech. Sack for four yards. They're now at the 25. Then an incomplete pass. And then a sack slash intentional grounding for 18-yard loss. They are now punting because it's fourth and 32. And then immediately, the first play of the second half, Bullingring got the ball first is a 50-yard pass catch. Takes the ball down to the Georgia Tech 25-yard line. And then BG ran away with it. 
They were outscored 38 to 13 after the first five minutes of football. Georgia Tech, I'm sorry to break this to you and your because your fans are passionate and I like y'all. But first off, for all the shit they talk on Twitter, Nick, did you see how empty the stadium was for the game? That shit was empty. Entire upper decks were like like had like two people in each section. But two, you talked all this smack. If you were actually a better football team than you say you have been, and that you 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 think you are. You would eventually have woken up and, and, again, at least made this game competitive. This wasn't even competitive. Mm -hmm. You needed a touchdown in the last two and a half minutes of the game just to make it a two-possession game. It just couldn't tackle, couldn't run the ball. Just, I mean, this was, I get that Miami's next week and you're coming up. Like, it was kind of that perfect sandwich. But this isn't. This wasn't a top half of a MAC school. This wasn't a top half of the G five team. This is Bowling Green for God's sakes, whose literally only win is over a one win Eastern Illinois FCS team. Every other game, they've lost by double digits. Uh, this. And the, and the Liberty game featured five interceptions. <laughs> like, it's... The, yeah. only, the only thing that would be the most Georgia Tech thing of all time, Nick, is if they go into Miami next week and beat Miami. And even then, I might just say that's a Miami thing more than a Georgia Tech thing. I was li- <laughs> oh, my God. I was literally going to say that. I was Sorry. literally going to say... I almost tweeted that, too, because someone... <laughs> Someone said that this is this would be the most Georgia Tech thing ever if they went and beat Miami. Yeah. And I almost replied from our account last night. No, I think that would be the most Miami thing to lose to Georgia Tech. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm glad great minds think alike. But like Nick, I had the balls to get Georgia Tech fans all excited on social media because I was like, wow, they're gonna go six and six. And because of how the bowl structure works with the ACC. They're going to go to the Duke's Mail Bowl, and they're going to play Iowa, and their fans are going to be so excited to make the short trip over to Charlotte and pack that place with with gold and white or gold and blue, whatever the hell their technical official colors are. And now, good luck going bowling. It's not happening. <laughs> like it's- you're three, you're three and two, so it's still plausible because BC and Virginia are on your schedule. Like it's still like it's still a window of opportunity. I have them going five and seven still. So like this little all it did was just drop a game off their record because I mean I still think they're better than Virginia and Boston College at this time, especially because of the BC games at home. My gosh! Oh man, wow! That was, As, this just like, broke two hours ago, but they just demoted their uh, defensive coordinator. Oh wow! Yeah. Wow. I mean, I don't want to say it was all on the defense, but they could not tackle. That was that was factual. I mean, again, like, but all sides of the ball played bad. I mean, the offense was pretty bad too. But I mean, they they did fail to tackle. They gave up a lot of big plays. I mean, Scott Leffler is a pretty good coach, but he shouldn't be scheming guys that wide open. <laughs> Scott Leffler is the BC head coach. If you didn't know that, Nick, but it's yeah. just. 
or not BC, excuse me, BG. But yeah. <sighs> Sorry, uh, Tech fans. I don't mean to sound like a jerk by telling y'all to shut up, but I mean, I've been so hesitant with y'all, and y'all have been so annoying. And I finally gave you some flowers. And similar to what just happened with the, well, what I said with Nick on the pre-show about the ACC being not the worst Power Five conference, I was wrong. Actually, I was right, but I, I, I gave in to the temptation and I convinced myself of something I shouldn't have. Yeah, I think, I think you pretty much covered it. I don't really have too much to say. I mean, just embarrassing. You hope that this is like the lowest point of, um, of Brent Key's uh, coaching career right now at Georgia Tech because, oh my God, that was that was so embarrassing. That that I tweeted from our account, Micah. Georgia Tech had one step forward, two steps back. It, I thought we were past this. Like you come, you, you almost beat Louisville. You had a really good lead on them. You handled business against an inferior opponent like you should. I don't think the Ole Miss score really says tells the whole story of the game. You beat a good ACC team on the road, and then you literally just shit your pants so bad that it's liquid and it's falling into your socks. Like <laughs> that's what they did. That is exactly what they did. They shit so bad that they have to throw away their socks and buy themselves a new pair of shoes. I mean, I just I. I don't know what the rest of the season is going to look like because you, I, I was, if I had let off with this, Micah, I would have said the exact same thing you said. This was not a look ahead spot, a look ahead spot or a look ahead game. I should say is barely winning this game and winning it by 10 points. Right. Heck, heck, even if if they would have lost the game on a last second field goal and they had to bring this, like they're down 21, nothing early and they have to come like, Kind of what happened with – I mean, it's not the same thing because it's not really a look at it, but, like, kind of what happened with, like, Boston College against Holy Cross, right? You start really slow. You wake up. You figure it out, right? Yeah. Fine. Fine. This this was just an ass beating. Yeah, that, like, that's what it was. It was just an ass beating. You took your foot off the gas and never recovered. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I love our Georgia Tech fans. I think they're, like – the, the, they're the best. Like they they interact with us. I think they are. I think behind Wake Forest fans, the number one fan base that interacts with us. Yeah. Um. And I mean, you guys are great, but yeah. oh my god, this was just. I mean, it's it's fourteen nothing, and I like I tuned it out, Nick. The next time I saw yeah. the score, it was twenty four to fourteen. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Like, yeah. and then I looked deep dive into it, watched the condensed game last night when I got back to my hotel, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is awful. So, yeah. All right, we can move on. Let's go pit Virginia Tech. I know it started 30 minutes after Duke North Notre Dame, but we'll end with that one. Nick, I ranked Virginia as the worst team in the ACC because obviously they haven't won a game. And it just feels like even though Virginia, I still think, is almost better than Pitt on performance on the field, the end of the day, until you win a football game, it's hard to justify that you're better. But holy crap, Pitt sucks. Yeah, they're not good. Like, before I go on to Pitt, drones looked phenomenal for Virginia Tech. This Virginia Tech team had a... A little wall there. Like, 
Nick, what was crazy to me was this team definitely came out better than it has at any point this season, maybe minus the old Dominion start. But if you followed the game, they let Pitt get back within within a score. They fumbled the ball. Did you see this, Nick? Drones straight up drops the ball. Like he's going back to throw the ball and straight just throws the ball backwards. Like just right out of his hand, like whoop. And Pitt returns it for a touchdown after they had just scored on the drive before. Mm. Not that Virginia Tech did everything in their power to, to let Pitt win this game, but because Virginia Tech fans are obviously excited. They should be. I mean, this was a dominating win. What Virginia Tech did in that little sequence there will lose you every game the rest of the season besides maybe Virginia. Genuinely. Like, I'm not trying to, to, oh, it's the Virginia fan talking shit. No, like, I'm being honest. Like, I have Virginia Tech going to a bowl game, Nick, because I think what I saw from drones can continue. And, Nick, your tweet was perfect. You, I mean, I didn't tweet it because, again, I had no absolute – I have never had worse service in my life than a sold-out, record-breaking crowd at Paulson Stadium in Statesboro, Georgia. I didn't have – dude, I didn't even – like, I have a hot spot for work that couldn't even connect because I couldn't even get cell phone reception. Like, if I was – if I got robbed or shot, dude, I wouldn't have been able to call anybody. I would have just died. It was wild. Crazy atmosphere. But anyway, it's like – so I didn't get a chance to tweet anything about those games going on. But you nailed it. Virginia Tech fans, man, kudos. Absolute kudos. And what's amazing to me is I saw kind of that – like Fuente slash end of Beamer era where there was some empty games, not empty as in less than 85% full, still more than most Virginia games, but you know, not sold out Dude, that place. Didn't have a single empty seat in the damn stadium. And like they sold out tickets early in the year. Cause there was so much hype about, you know, this program and, you know, they knew they weren't going to be great this year, but they knew that like, you know, this is this, this a part of the rebuild, and there would be progress. And there has been absolutely no progress up until this week. If anything, it's been nothing but a nightmare scenario so far going into this week. And they packed it. That atmosphere was phenomenal. It's amazing, Nick, because some of the pit people responded to our picture, you know, of, the, of what we predicted. And they're like, ah, oh, no, dude, there's no way Virginia Tech's beating Pitt. And, like, CFB Holmes was getting shit, too, for picking Virginia Tech. And I talked to him about it. We all picked Virginia Tech because we knew this crowd was going to have an impact. Yeah. I'm not saying that they won this game for Virginia Tech, but the Hokies fed off it. Like, I mean, it was – that was like I – don't, I don't – if Big Game Boomer – Big Game Boomer is going to lose all respect for me, Nick, if he does not rank the Virginia Tech student section slash fans as like the number one fans in college football this weekend. Like, actually, he will lose my respect. I don't care if, like, I mean, Georgia Southern literally had a record-breaking crowd and the kids showed up through the whole game. To show up for your one-in-three football team after losing to a G5 team for the first time since, like, 1930-something, and your only win is an Old Dominion team who has one win on the year, or two or whatever, I mean, that was incredible, man. Kudos to them. I'm glad Phil Jakovic was in the lineup. Nick, did you see the start of this game? Both Dracovic and Drones dropped some of the most beautiful balls I have ever seen. 
Dracovic's first passing touchdown, dude. Like that Phil Dracovic was the Phil Dracovic we saw in the, in the COVID year at Boston College. It was insane. I mean, he hit. Um, why am I drawing a blank on his name now? Mums, Mums, Mums. Not Mims, but it's not Mumfield. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I gotta look this up now because it's gonna drive me nuts. But anyways, he dropped just a perfect. Means, 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 sorry, Bub, means. It's, yeah, it's, I was just it's, about to say it's, means. It's, it's, it's bum means. That's I was combining like <laughs> the bum and the means part together to make mum. But anyways, bum means. I mean, he dropped it. Perfect ball. And drones did on the previous drive. I mean, it was like it was so funny, Nick, because the broadcasters go, "Yep, just as we projected a, a high flying, high scoring, potent offensive game." <laughs> Like, you know, because there were more touchdowns in the first couple of minutes than I think people thought there'd be the whole game. And then it just kind of fell off for Pitt. I don't understand Pitt's problems. Virginia Tech's I do because, I mean, Pry cleaned out the, the system. They have the young quarterback that they feel good about. They, you know, they know that they need to hit recruiting a little bit harder. They didn't hit the portal as hard as I think they could have, but I will say sometimes you shouldn't go all out for the portal. If you think there's younger guys you want to get reps to, and you know that your team, if you hit the portal hard, still not going to be like a nine and three type team. Cause sometimes it's not worth going all in for the, like what I, my argument with you about Brennan Armstrong going all in to play in the independence bowl. If you can get reps for other people or whatever, or again, save whatever, you know, again, roster management in general. But, I mean, this was – like, Pitt just confuses me because they have pretty good receivers. Means and Mumfield are near the top – like, Nick, if Means and Mumfield were playing at NC State right now, I think you might actually be 4-1. and one. Because no matter what you say about Brennan, like, those guys create separation. They catch the ball. You give them Bartholomew a tight end, like you take the two top receivers and the tight ends at Pitt and throw them on NC State, Nick, you're four and one. And you may have actually been competitive with Notre Dame. You put those receivers at a lot of places in the ACC and they're probably starting. You're putting Bartholomew at tight end. He's top three tight end in this league. They're not terrible running the ball either. Like they don't have bad backs. I mean, they don't have like the James Connors of the past, but I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to pretend like, oh my goodness, my phone is deciding to lock up all of a sudden, but like, you know, Flemister's not bad. I mean, I think Rodney Hammond is a stud. I mean, I'm, he struggled on Saturday, which was very surprising. I mean, it's definitely the pit offensive line. That's the, like, this is not a Pat Narduzzi offensive line. This and that's the biggest thing. But, like, I just can't believe that it's gotten to this point. Because, like, normally he's a pretty sound defensive group, like a very good defensive group, and his offensive line can bully you. Because, Nick, they're trying to – like, I like the joke. They're like, oh, we got Kenny Pickett. We went high-flying offense. And Pat Narduzzi's like, yeah, nope, not doing that. I want to win games with my defense and, like, you know, running the ball. Cool. The problem is, is they can't run the football right now because the offensive line stinks, and this is the worst defense we've seen at Pitt in a very long time. Like, Nick, I think there's a world where Pitt doesn't win another game. Could you imagine a 1-11 Pitt? 
Yeah. Like that's that's that is like if if you ever said that to me in the last 10 years, I would have laughed in your face, Nick. I would have said, What were you smoking? Or excuse my French, but where did Pat Narduzzi go? <laughs> like what who's who's coaching the team now? Because I mean, good gosh. Like I mean, going to Blacksburg is not a tough feat, but they got destroyed. They get a bye week, like, but do you think they're going to beat Louisville at home? I don't know. Like, for all the Wake Forest struggles, I don't know if they're going to go to Wake Forest and win Wake Forest's homecoming football game. What about going to Notre Dame? Probably not. Florida State at home? Probably not. At Syracuse? Probably not. Like, Boston College at home might be your last chance to get a win. Or at least your only game the rest of the year you're favored in. Two and ten pick. I mean, holy. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I didn't really get a chance to watch this game because I was really locked in on the Duke-Notre Dame game. Um, whoa, 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 think, whoa! You weren't you weren't dialed to NFL Network for Georgia Southern and Coastal Carolina looking for me on the sidelines. That's kind of keep, messed up, man. I uh, can't say I wasn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, right. You didn't want to see Tim Beck's offense struggle again? No, no, did not want to see that. I just wanted to see. Oh, you know, pause. I, I, I wanted Nick, to see Lane Kiffin dice it up against LSU. So, Nick, I think you would find this funny. Um, I shouldn't have said it, but I did. Actually, I didn't say it. I told a student to say because I thought it'd be fun here. Because uh, the students were chirping. They put the students right behind the visiting team bench. This is a small stadium, so like you're right on top of them. And anyway, kind of like how it is at NC State. <laughs> and <laughs> one of the students chirped after uh, Georgia Southern went up two touchdowns on Coastal. One of the students, <laughs> I was like, yeah, he was at NC State for a while like because that's where the coach came from because i was wearing sunbelt gear so they thought i was like actually someone that worked for the conference or whatever and i was like oh he came from you know he's nc state's offensive coordinator a couple minutes later i hear nc state doesn't even miss you tim beck they don't even miss you that's how bad you are and i'm like damn <laughs> <laughs> and I, I and i almost turned around and said ah my buddy might actually say he wants him back <laughs> yeah yeah there were but a couple of, i will uh... say nick Nick, Coastal Carolina is off to their worst. I mean, granted, this is a head coaching job, not an offensive coordinating job. But Coastal Carolina is off to their worst start in a very long time. Yeah. Like they, they got killed by Georgia State. I mean, they lost by double digits yesterday to Georgia Southern. They're not very good. And they have – they honestly have a better quarterback than what NC State has currently <laughs> with Grayson yeah. McCall. I mean, Grayson McCall is, in my opinion, one of the better quarterbacks in college football. Yeah, I think a couple but, of uh, NC State fans on Friday night were tweeting, uh, "We owe Tim Beck an apology." <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't go that far. But I, mean, I, I yeah. wouldn't go that. I wouldn't. I necessarily wouldn't go that far either. But you know, you but. didn't up. I'll say this: at this point in time, you definitely have not upgraded. I thought you did at first. You definitely have not at this point in time. Yeah. But yeah. anyways, back to to yeah. So I I think this was a good turning point for Virginia Tech. Now, do I think they're going bowling? I still don't think so. But this is the game that you need to like. You need a signature win like this in your season to keep this program going and keep uh, Brent Pry uh, going. You know, you needed you needed a confident win in the conference, and this is what you got. And 
I think if you're a Virginia Tech fan, I think I mean, this is kind of how I felt about Georgia Tech after they beat Wake Forest. So hopefully, this doesn't come back to bite. Virginia well, see this Tech, but... this feel this feels different though, Nick, because they have Florida State next week in Tallahassee. That's they're true. not they're not winning that football game. Yeah, like, I'm sorry, Virginia Tech fans. Like, if you're winning but... that game, then you're definitely losing to Wake the following week. So I guess pick which one you want more. But like, I think if they lose this game, Nick, then they're pretty much destined for one and five after this Florida State game at that point. That that just screams, you know, I quit. That's five straight losses. You know, multiple of those are at home against lower end P5 teams in Purdue and Pitt. You probably get hammered by Florida State. You got weight coming to town before you have the bye week. Like now you're probably going to be two and four when you host Wake Forest, right? But you can look back and say, remember what happened last time we played at home? Remember what we can do? Like, not that you just excuse the Florida State loss, but, like, if you lose that game, even if it's by a couple scores, like, Wake Forest is not Florida State. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and then you got a bye week before you get a Thursday night in Blacksburg against Syracuse at home. Now, that's, like, there's a world now where, like, three and four – Four and four after the bye or after the Syracuse game is very plausible, and you still have Boston College and Virginia on your schedule down the stretch. That's like I had like I like I said it, Nick. I have Virginia Tech going bowling now. I had them winning this game, but I thought it was going to be one of those like 10-7 games where I don't feel comfortable about Virginia Tech. But you you nailed it. Like I feel like. I feel exactly the same way I did about Georgia Tech last week. You're, you're actually that, – that was the perfect way to compare it. I feel – like not that I think Virginia Tech is, like, a great team, but I think especially with their schedule moving forward, they have enough. Or like, there's at least, I think, two more games that they're probably the better team with Boston College and Virginia. So that's four right there. And with Syracuse and Wake at home, you get both of those. I mean, at Louisville is not the – the most difficult game in the world. And they still have NC state at home, Nick, which I mean, I think I might be flipping where Virginia tech and NC state are in my power rankings, Nick. Yeah. So like there is a world where Virginia tech could go seven and five. <laughs> and we, and, and I was arguing they were the worst team in power in HC football last week, or at least near like worse than Virginia and Boston college. So <laughs> yeah, kudos, but I think that just, tells, uh, that just tells me how bad the bottom of the ACC is, but that's besides the point. <laughs> yeah, I think they found their quarterback. I think Jones is good. Um, he looked really good last night. And Pitt, I I don't know. I I, I picked this team to go to Charlotte if it wasn't for Clemson or uh, Florida State. I I don't know what their problem is. I the, the defense isn't good, and then when the offense looks pretty, I mean, it's just. Like Phil didn't play bad. Like he he did okay, but the defense was just non-existent. They let drones have a career game and probably the best quarterback play we've seen out of Virginia Tech in the last two seasons. To be quite frank, oh um, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So I Pitt's a mess, and it's a very much unexpected mess. It's kind of like. Kind I mean, of like when you're I think if drones work. play, if drones plays like this, they beat Marshall last week. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, like it, it's Pitt is such Pitt is such an unexpected mess. It's kind of like you go come home after work, 
and your cleaners just like didn't show up and your house is still a mess. Like you're unexpected. Whoa. Unexpected. Pause. Nick, you got cleaners at your house? No. You just sounded really bougie by saying, you know, the cleaners. I, well, I'm I'm trying to think of like you expect something to be like I was nice, gonna say good, I would say when you come mess. home and you come home to your dog like having ripped up its kennel and it's outside like you know, like you ever put a dog in a cage and then they break the cage and then they're sitting on the couch when they get home and like you know yeah. the bed's all torn up. Like that's what I would call it. Yeah. But you know, Nick's out here is flexing cleaners and stuff. Oh my god. Italians. But no, I'm just messing with eh, you. But eh. yeah. I I don't know what Phil I I mean I don't know what's going on with Pitt. They're just a unexpected dumpster fire of a season. So I'm far. so mad that Virginia does not play Pitt. Yeah, I bet I'm you so be. mad. I'm because, mad that like, State's not playing Pitt. Like, because I was hoping at this game that like you know maybe if Pitt beats Virginia Tech by like ten seven, right? I could be like, all right, we got that Virginia Tech home game. That's at least a winnable game for us. <laughs> Again, the only game I see left on the schedule, I'm like, ah, Virginia should win is William and Mary. And even then, I'm kind of like, mm, I don't know. But William and Mary did lose this weekend, though, to Elon, Nick. So maybe they got caught looking ahead to Virginia. So <laughs> that was pretty wild. So Wake Forest, quality win right there over Elon, who beat the number five FCS team this weekend. So shout out to the Phoenix. But all right, let's move on to Duke and uh, Notre Dame. Nick, I know this was the biggest game of the weekend. I know it deserves more than what I'm about to say, but all I have to say was this was a hell of a football game, and I hope Riley Leonard could come back. Because if he can't, not that Duke's season's over. Like, Duke's going to a bowl game. Duke's going to be a good team the rest of the year. Their schedule is somewhat favorable, even without Riley Leonard. But they're not going to Florida State and winning without him. Nick, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, so I got a phone call. My girlfriend called me, so I have to text her real quick. Hi, Savannah. No, what? Sierra. What's your girlfriend's name? Sierra? Sierra. I'm sorry. I started with an S. My bad. Um, but anyways, um, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, oh shoot! Duke moving forward oh, without yeah. runners. Like I, the problem is, like this could have been a Duke special season for the ACC. Like this loss does not really do anything, to be honest. Like you're, they're still undefeated yeah. in ACC play, but with North Carolina on the road and Florida State on the road and Louisville on the road, like they don't have Riley Leonard for those games. Like Riley Leonard was the leading rusher in this game, Nick. Riley Leonard is by far the best player on this team. This Duke defense is really good. You know, you know, you know what Duke is, Nick, in my opinion, without Riley Leonard? They're, an, they're NC State. Mm. They're a great defense. Yeah. With a mid to average offense. Right? Like, think about it. Like, yeah. Riley Leonard is just that much of a dip playmaker. Right. Because it's not like Duke has bad receivers or a bad running back group or, you know, a terrible offensive line. But um, they're not the greatest team, you know, without him. And thankfully, it's a bye week for them. You know, again, the Pete Thamel report made it sound like it hopefully is not a season-long thing. I still don't think he'll be back after the bye week to start. But, I mean... 
the end of the day, this was two good football teams going head-to-head. And, Nick, I hate this for Duke, but I really do think Notre Dame won this football game because it was kind of just like the what goes around comes around. You know, they lose a heartbreaker to Ohio State to get one back against Duke. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like, I mean, and if Duke doesn't miss those field goals early in the game, Nick, they probably, like, <laughs> like this is terrible, but the the Duke game against Notre Dame went pretty much the exact same way as the Clemson game. Yeah, it did. First half, kind of getting in their own way. The difference was, was Notre Dame took advantage where Clemson didn't. And then the second half, Duke is the better team. But the difference was, was Duke is trailing in the second half against Cle- or against Notre Dame, but is winning against Clemson. So Clemson's now got to play from behind, where, again, Notre Dame was playing from behind by a point. But all they had to do was go down the field, goal, field and kick a field goal. I mean, Nick, they were fourth and 16 with a minute and a half away. The biggest mistake in this game, and I like, it's mind-blowing because Mike Elko has been the best coach on the sideline for pretty much every game this year. Like, he has outcoached the person against him. I think he outcoached Freeman for most of the game. But the one time, Nick, they play prevent defense on fourth and 16, nobody gets home to the quarterback, and he's able to run for 17 yards to pick up the first down. They did such a good job making sure that they couldn't throw the ball. They forgot that Sam Hartman's willing to take the, to tuck the ball and get the first down. If they send any sort of pressure there, Nick, who knows if the, if the script changes? But they were having some success in that second half. I really think they win that football game. <clears throat> that was yeah. just a hell of a football game. I'm sad I didn't get to watch a lot of it because I was, again, had no service. So I had to watch the condensed game to really get a flow for it. But, I mean, like, I, Nick, that part of my power rankings isn't changing. Duke's staying at two. You can factor in Riley Leonard being out. But until I know he's done done, Duke is still the best team, second best team in this conference until otherwise proven. Nothing that happened this weekend changed my mind. And also, one more final thing. Shout out to the Duke fans. They once again outdrew a bigger fan base at home. And this time it was even yeah. more noticeable than when Clemson came to town. It was yeah. louder when Duke was on defense than it was when Notre Dame was on defense. And not that I was expecting it to be insane, but again, we know how Duke works. Dude, they showed out. It was awesome. I hope they do it in two weeks against NC State. Like, Nick, I hope I, I, hope I don't see a lot of red in Durham in two weeks. I don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Um, I watched all of this game, and it was absolutely fantastic. Um, Riley Leonard, such a tough kid. I mean, he was doing so many things. I can't believe – like, it, it, it surprises me every time I see it that he's on draft boards for this year's draft, and I don't want him to go because I want to see more of Riley Leonard in a Duke uniform, and I can't believe that he's draft eligible already. But um, this – my brother asked me this question, and it was an obvious answer, and he did agree with me. I think he just wanted to hear it. But he said, was – was Duke just like 
really for real or was Notre Dame fake? I was like, no, 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 no. Duke is really for real. They are for real. Like people might say Duke or might say Notre Dame was fake, but they're, they're not either. Like they're not. Um, and that was the answer he wanted to hear. So um, I hope Riley's okay because uh, that's just such a brutal way to end the game to the last play and you hurt your ankle. Hopefully it's nothing too serious. Um, also class act by Sam Hartman uh, waiting for him outside the tent. They competed against each other back when Sam was at Wake Forest. Um, just overall a, a fantastic game. I couldn't have said it better than, than you, Micah. Um, I think the field goals, missing the field goals really did hurt Duke uh, for any kind of momentum going into the locker room. Um, they were putting things together in the second half and it looked really, really good. And Notre Dame, like line against line, like Notre Dame's beating Duke every time. But Duke was just – like they couldn't run the ball because Notre Dame's defensive line is that good and that much bigger. But they but weren't dominated. Like, they, like, yeah, like, exactly. like, like, like the well, advantage went is, to Notre Dame, but they weren't dominated, which was amazing. Exactly. That's see. my point is that like they were – they were playing their hearts out. Like they were not dominated at all. Um, everything about this game was awesome. I really wish I, I, I love Sam Hartman. Um, and I wanted him to win and I didn't want him to, you know, start off the season with two losses. Cause I truly believe that he's the difference maker in this Notre Dame program. But again, I also really love the Duke story. I love Riley Leonard. So either way, I was going to be disappointed of whoever lost, um, by the way, I guess my last point on this, if, if Riley comes back, Duke is definitely, you know, still in contention for the ACC championship. And you got to start talking like big things about Duke. I think they're in it. Even if he's not, I mean, are they my favorite to get there? No, but, but they're still in. It. I mean, they haven't yeah. lost a game in the conference yet. Yeah. exactly. And they, and they own a key tiebreaker. So, yeah. Um, my last point, and it's not about Duke. It's actually about Sam. I think, even though he, he didn't have big numbers because the Duke defense, as we all know, is legit. Uh, they returned, I think, 10 of their 11 starters or nine from last year's team. Um, Sam only went 15 for 30 for 222 yards. But Sam Hartman had his Heisman mo- moment running uh, for that first down. I mean, everything was covered. It's fourth and 16. Your season is on the line right here. And he took a hit too. Like that wasn't like some like him sliding for the first time. He took a pretty big hit. I think Sam Hartman just had his Heisman moment. If they he can continue what he's doing, like when Sam wins the Heisman, they're going to go back to that play, saving Notre Dame's playoff chances um, so far this season. So Nick, I will do a five hundred dollar to one dollar odds bet that Sam Hartman doesn't win the Heisman. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, obviously, like, I can't actually do that because of the college athletic bet. But like, yeah, yeah, he's not like. There's just like, there's too many quarterbacks right now with insane numbers. Like, if, yeah. if they were undefeated, sure, but they they lost the Ohio State game, and then that Ohio State game, you know, like that's the thing. Like, USC's defense sucks, but I mean, Caleb Williams is still putting up 400 yards a game. Michael Pen- if, Michael Penix is Sam going What if outperforms him? Doesn't matter. Michael Penix is still going off. Like, yeah, Kyle McCord technically outplayed him. So if Ohio State starts to get rolling, starts to get rolling, Kyle McCord could get it. Like, 
I mean, I know this is nuts, but Shadur Sanders has a better chance of winning it right now because of the spotlight, because of, again, like, no matter what you say, like, Hartman's making Notre Dame a playoff contender. Sanders is making Colorado not the worst team in college football. And because of who he is, and again, his, I mean, think about it. Shadur Sanders threw for double the amount of, of yards and touchdowns as Sam Hartman yesterday. And a loss, but, like, the, the committees, like the Heisman voters, aren't going to punish Shadur Sanders because the defense can't stop USC. Yeah. Like, if Sam Hartman outplays Caleb Williams, but it's because Caleb Williams has one of his worst games of the year, like in terms of because Notre Dame's defense is so good, I don't think they're going to go, oh, well, you know, Sam Hartman deserves it now because he had another 200-yard performance. Right. I would love it. I would love to see it, but I just don't. Like, Sam Hartman had a better chance, in my opinion, when he was at Wake of what he was doing with the numbers and obviously like not that he's not replaceable at Notre Dame, but like, you know, I do think Notre Dame has won a lot off the running backs and the defense. Like the defense won the game for them yesterday. I mean, Sam had to make a play when it mattered, but like ask me who won that game. I'm not saying Sam Hartman. Right. So, but anyways, no, that's like, it was a fun week in the ACC. This weekend is going to be, this upcoming one's going to be, going to be something man um i don't really know we'll do a quick just look at it i mean a lot of g5 like we've got the notre dame louisville game as like the main key but i mean marshall nc state sure you know bc army should be interesting wake clemson like it's gonna be a fun week but nick we've gone for a long time so i've got nothing else to really add do you have anything else you want to add before we cut we get off here Nah, man. Um, kind of bad week for both of us, but you know, there's always next week. So, oh, uh, before I forget, Nick, congratulations on getting your first pick against me correct with oh, your yeah. NC State Wolfpack losing. So, congratulations. Thank you. Um, thank yeah, you. It, it only took your actual favorite team losing for it to happen, but congratulations. Hey, um, it's a bet that it was something I was willing to risk. So. <laughs> So I'm happy I mean, you, you ended up losing the other one. So I'm now three and one on the year against you, but, but congratulations. <laughs> like you got it. You're on the board. So that's progress. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. When it was 10, nothing at halftime, Nick, I was like, yep. I just swept his ass. Like I'm never going to lose. But, but then the yeah. offense forgot how to offense. So, yep. but anyways, Nick, that was fun. Looking forward to, uh, to ranting about MJ Morris not playing against Marshall or Nick, you know what? You know what would make me so happy and just because it would be fun to make fun of you? If MJ Morris starts against Marshall and they lose because he threw a pick six. Because then my one of my favorite G5 teams beats your team because I was right. <laughs> I, just... I, think, I think I would stop watching football. <laughs> I would cancel the season. And before NC State fans get mad, I'm just kidding. Like, obviously, I want MJ Morris to do well. I just don't think it's worth it. But, you know, maybe we'll put a poll out, Nick, and see. I mean, I think MJ Morris will win because enough NC State fans are in the same boat as you. But I am curious, so maybe maybe we can put a poll out. But as always, Nick, it means a little bit less here in ACC country, especially if you're a Georgia Tech fan because, you know, who cares about MAC teams, right? Mm-hmm. ACC, they're undefeated in the ACC, so Georgia Tech's path to Charlotte is still there. So, go Jackets. But, as always, it means a little bit less here in ACC country. Go ACC.